We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team at the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. Juan is producer in charge this evening. We're also here with Jim Time. Gene Spencer. Gene Spencer. Jim Spencer. Dave, you know what we did not do last episode? Which, by the way, oh, yes, la- I do know what we did not do last. Uh, episode. Our last episode, we've received a lot of feedback from our last episode. Interesting. Uh, I've pondered it, and I have follow-up questions I need to ask Joe, Doctor Ebley. Yes, Doctor Ebley. Uh, it was a it was a fascinating discussion. It's uh, brought a lot more discussion to my family also about uh-huh. you know, yeah. which are, which are good conversations to have with your yeah. family. It's like, Cause hey, because your sister, she's a she's ICU a, ICU nurse, right? You know? Like so this she, is very relevant for her, right? And so she had some very serious questions. Uh-huh. You know, um, not that she disagreed. She's way smarter than I am, but she's uh, she had some very interesting questions. Yeah, I talked to her about it also. Oh yeah, you did on Friday. Uh huh. She she mentioned that, but she had some really good questions, and uh, it, but it's. Just good to have those kind of conversations yeah. while you are not yeah, brain definitely dead. Definitely go back and uh, listen to our last episode. It's on brain death and whether or not brain death is a real measure of actual death and some of the problematic situations that, that occur that are just, they are their uh, difficult problems that just need to be, I think, considered more, addressed. They're mm-hmm. not being considered, I think, maybe in the proper light. Um, so anyway... But so, Go check it out. Yeah, it's a great episode. And we forgot to mention the dates for, to the, the, camp for the camp out. We, we, like right before we started, I said, okay, I got to make sure to, yeah. to, to tell everybody about the camp out. And I, for, I forgot. So I got too excited. It's the last weekend of September. Yes. The September 20, 23rd, 23rd through, through the 26th. Yes. At Clear Creek Abbey in Holbert, Oklahoma. If you go and you just YouTube Catholic Man Show Camp Out... We did a video, um, one of the members... For uh, last year. Yeah, did a, did a video for last year's camp out. It's so great. If you you're can a, see, I think in that video, you can see my sweet axe throwing skills. Yes. Yes. Sweet axe throwing skills. I have the sweetest. Yes. Let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> Out of all, everybody. Talk to everybody about it. A lot of people they are saying, agree. okay, and quite honestly, I think they're right. I, have, I throw an axe... Better than anybody. So it anyway. It's if you're a patron member, it's a free event. You just get here. You all the food is paid for. The drink is paid yeah, for. If you're a patron, it's free. It's a free event. You have if, to get there by it, yourself on your own. Yes, not by yourself, but you have to pay for yourself to get there. You can come with other people, but we're not paying for you to come. But once you get here, you will be free. Yes. If you're not a patron member, it's $50 a person for the whole weekend, which is still a heck of a deal. Juan and uh, Tyler and Daniel, all Cook and Vincent. I almost forgot Vinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been bad. Uh, but all of them get together. We all get together. We all cook. We we have uh, beer. We have a whiskey tasting. We have scar rolling. We have axe throwing. We have forging. Uh, uh, we have uh, Irish drinking music at, at and night. And this next year, we might have two-man Tree chopping downing. Yes, which would be awesome. Is that it's, the right it, it's our verb? Fifth, it's chopping, our fifth chopping downing. It's our fifth time, fifth annual chop downing. So we're gonna, we're gonna we're, I think we're gonna work in some surprises. This prizes or su- surprises. surprises, surprises, surprises. Work in some surprises. Uh, let's let's get into the whiskey though. I'm interested to try this one. I've never heard of it before. Ben Ryak. It's a Ben Ryak tin, the smoky tin. It's a Speyside single malt Scotch whiskey. We don't know how to say it. I'm guessing. How do you guess it? Ben Reich. Ben Ben Reich. Ben Reich. Ben Reich. Ben Ben Reich. But it's Gaelic, so it could be like. I could be totally off. It could be like bench. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Something weird. So the nose. It says it is ripe fruit, smoky honey, and oak spice. 
The palette says applewood, honey maple, mm. spiced pear, and lingering smoked oak. Definitely get the apple on the nose. There's three uh, cask. Uh, they mature it in three different casks: a bourbon, a rum, and a virgin oak, for sublime smoothness, layered with mm. sunripe fruit, aromatic, uh, smoky pea, uh, sweetness, and toasted oak spice. The aroma is really intriguing. Forty-six percent. It's, oh, it yeah. smells. It smells very good. It does. Mm. The reason why I got it is because anytime I, I I'm gravitating more and more to the complex flavors of the smoky with the sweet. Yeah. Um, in scotches, obviously I I, I love Lafroy, I love yeah. Ardbeg, but the complexity of being able to draw out a peatiness with some kind of sweetness with some sort of sherry or some some kind of uh, underlying notes and flavors is something that draws Ooh. to me. Uh, I dig. Mm, you like gonna, it? You're going to like this one. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I We're on the Lord's again. team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. 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 It is very good. What are we looking at here on the... Wow, that is really good. How many U.S. dollars does it take to acquire a bottle of this? I believe it was 56. 56 U.S. U.S. dollars. Canadian, totally different story. Right. I don't even know. Man, that is, that is no really many, good. How many pesos. See, this is why I like these type of scotches, though, because at the very end, you do get that smoky, yeah, no, this is, this smoky is the thing charcoal. That you were saying. Um, this is great. I and, like it. But at the beginning, it's very, it's very welcoming. It's very mm. sweet. Uh, not very sweet, but it's just very. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely mellow. sweet in the beginning, and then it's got a, a nice a finish. Nice finish. The aroma is also intriguing. Like there's a lot going on in just the aroma itself. You could yeah. tell, like, uh, you, I, every time I was nosing it, I would get kind of a different smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like this. We should look up how to say it. Ben Ben Rayek. Ben Rayek. It's not Rayek. No. I don't know. It's spelled, for those who aren't sitting here looking at it, B-E-N-R-I-A-C-H. Ben Reich. And we'll always have it on our show notes. If you actually go to thecatholicmanshow.com. I wonder if it's Ben Reach or something. I don't know. If you go to thecatholicmanshow.com, though, and click under episodes, we have an episode tracker that it shows every mm. single whiskey that we've had, every man gear that we've mm. ever uh, highlighted, and the topic. So if you ever want to go back, Yes, you can. that's something we... I, People will ask us sometimes, have you guys ever done an episode on this? Well, if you really want to know, you can go to thecatholicmanshow.com and look at all of our episodes because we have it in a table, table list of, form. Table of contents. So, yeah. Also, this and from, w- the tape, from there, you can be directed to that episode. Correct. Yeah, yeah, all you have to do is click it and it goes to that episode. Right. Dave, there was something else that I had to tell you this evening. Okay, well, then you should do it. Per uh, Luke. Okay, my godson. Your godson. He was very adamant that I made this uh, claim to everybody this evening. Okay. He is, kinda, he still, is he still trying to say he can dunk on me? Because no. he cannot dunk on me. No, he cannot. He's not saying that. Okay. Uh, but he did catch his personal best, fishing-wise. I saw... All by himself. I saw the picture of that fish. And it was, it was a whale. It was a... It was, I mean, that I was, was like a three-pound... That had to be a three-pound fish. 2.8. Okay. We had That's scale. Pretty good. Yeah. So, so here's what happened is, and this is what was the whole proud, proud part as being a dad, right? Uh, we all were out there fishing. It was me and Luke and Jude and then our, our buddy Benny, and w- all of us except for Luke stopped fishing. We'd been fishing for a while. It was very windy, not really great conditions to be fishing, and so we all left and uh, we were all kind of hanging out, uh, having a beer by the by the truck, and let Luke he wanted to keep fishing. We're like, okay, go ahead, bud. So we, we got engrossed in our conversation, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go check on Luke. It's been about 15 minutes. And as I look over, his pole was bent, like, almost, you know, at a 90 degree. Yeah, straight down. You know, and he was reeling it in. You can tell he was, like, really excited. I'm thinking, like, oh, man, he's – but I my natural instinct he's as a dad – He snagged on something real heavy. Yeah, exactly. But my natural instinct as a dad was go and help him. And that no, no, no. This is his moment. Right. Like, I don't want to help him. I want him to pull it out himself. Yeah. So I sat back and I watched him, and he got all the way out by himself, uh, got the fish, 
pulled him out of the water and started like unhooking the fish. The the fish was was a whale of a fish for him. I mean, it was, it was a it's it was a huge good, it was a, a huge fish, largemouth bass. Yeah, and so uh, some people over there next to us was watching this whole thing, and they were they saw it happening and unfolding, and they were really excited for him too because you could just tell. I mean, Luke was just jacked; he yeah. was pumped. And so they came over with some scales because they saw how how big it was, so that way we could weigh it. Nice. Uh, and so we weighed yeah, it. Yeah, because when you catch a fish that big, you want to know how big. Yeah. Because you think like, oh, it had to be, you know. And and people don't believe you. So like, I caught a three pound bass. You're like, okay. So they're thinking like it was about a one and a half pound bass. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's one and a half pounds is a good sized fish. Yeah, that must have been a big fish. You're like, no, it was three pounds. I promise. Yeah. So. Anyway, I was really proud of him. I, it was a really cool like moment. Next time, the next time this happens, you're gonna be like, "Yeah." So me and the guys, we were over there. We decided to take a break. Next thing I know, look, I look over and Luke has a fire going and he's cooking the largest <laughs> fish I'd ever seen. I hope so. But also to give us Jude some props too. So we built a a bridge while we were we were there, mm. and he was the first one to go across it uh, after we after I made sure it was like stable and stuff. You yeah. know. Uh, he he was the first one to go across it. He had no fear and just it was like, I want to go first. Okay, bud. You know, nice. obviously I knew it, nice. it wasn't gonna like collapse, but right. it wasn't like it was two uh, poles, electrical poles that we had on the ground that were tied together, cinched together, and laid across. It's about uh, eighteen feet would be my guess. So how, how hard was it to cut down an electric pole? We, it was already cut. It was already cut down. We didn't have to. I'm just kidding. We, we did not do anything illegal. Uh, so when we get back, we will jump into the man gear. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. This segment of the Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. Juan Posada. And Jeem. You don't know how to spell that. It's J-E-E-E-M. Jeem. H. H. M-M. Thanks for being here, Jeem. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I just had a... Today is my oldest daughter, Elizabeth, her baptism day. Oh, yes. Happy, happy rebirth day to uh, Elizabeth. She, this is her sixth anniversary of being reborn. Uh, and uh, we also had our daddy-daughter day today, so that was good. Awesome. What'd you guys do? Good timing. Uh, we went to Red Robin. That's where she wanted to Yum. go. Like, really, they only know, like, two places. They only know two restaurants. Right. It's Brahms or Red Robin. Right. I'm totally fine with either one. <laughs> like they used to know Chick Fil A, but that seems to like have fallen out of their thoughts, of their memory, or something. You know, like we never go out to eat. I mean, like it just doesn't ever happen. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. It was funny though. We got this huge thing of onion rings. Oh yeah, the did. Tower of yeah, Onion Rings. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, yeah, we got the big one. And so we prayed, and then our food came, and she goes, "Oh, do we need to pray over this?" And I was like, "No." We don't, but but we didn't bless it. And I was like, we did. And I had to explain to her, like, God knew that when we said the food we were about to receive, that this hamburger and your hamburger was in the kitchen back there, and we'd be receiving it so soon. And she was like, like a epiphany moment. Oh, we're like, wow, <laughs> I did not realize God could do that kind of thing. It's pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, happy uh, uh, anniversary into the church, Elizabeth. Yes, we indeed. love you. Mm-hmm. And great job for uh, having a daddy, daddy daughter dance or date. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. Okay, so today our man gear is a is a unique book that actually I believe my my wife found and uh, bought, and then I started looking through it, and I was like, wow, this is a book that 
we need to talk about. Totally. It's called The Dangerous Book for Boys. Okay, and it and I think they call it that because it's pretty heavy, and you could really you throw could it, really throw you it, could and throw it pretty yeah, hard. KO somebody yeah. with it, yeah. Um, it's really well done. It's hardback, and uh, it was actually the binding on it is really beautiful. I I I appreciate that in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I'm gonna buy a book, I want it to be nice. You know, not right. that every book that you buy needs to be nice, right? Because that kind of takes away from. Like the fact that there are some books that are more special than other books, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, if you have a, if you have a paperback copy of the Iliad and the Odyssey, that's okay. But you should like that's a book. Those are books you should have a nice leather bound. You know what I mean? There are some books like that you want to get nice. So it's cool right. that this one, like the the covers, I don't know. It's not gold leaf, but you know, it's it looks it looks like it's supposed to be it's like fancy looking. been like in production for a long time it was actually written in 2000 or published in 2007 let me see this um and i actually have a surprise for everybody what i went ahead i liked oh. it so much that i got we get one it is con i told you the guy's name was con yeah and i wrote in it for the niles boys and the posada boys oh, thank you my, my so friend. that way you guys can uh uh, have that and share. So, like, when I started looking through this book, I realized this is basically an encyclopedia for boys, an encyclopedia book for boys, and it has nice. such a wide range of of things to cut that cut that they cover in this. That, I mean, I, I wrote down just a couple because it was like, wow, essential gears, uh, making a battery, which was yeah, super out of, cool, out of quarters, uh, understanding grammar, mm-hmm. famous battles that have taken place in history. First aid, extraordinary stories. So there's a lot of times you're like, I want to, I want to be able to tell my kids some good stories, but I don't have, uh, it, I don't have time to. Some astronomy is in here. Some astronomy is in there. Um, how to recognize common trees, coin tricks, books to read, how to play chess, how to skip stones, how to skip stones. One. I mean, oh, there's nice. so many. Like, it encompasses so much, and so I just. I, I, when I started oh. looking through it, how to grind an Italian nib onto italic. your italic. Oh, yeah. italic nib. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, you take your fountain pen and it tells you how to grind it into an italic nib. But I was like looking through this and I realized, okay, these are some of the things that I I would like to know myself. That in order to pass down to my my kids, and so I thought, yeah. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to incorporate this into my homeschool, like homeschooling i'm going to pick out some things that i think is going to be beneficial for them i mean it talks about morse code in here it talks about uh, how to navigate like navigation uh latin phrases every boy should know latin phrases every boy should know um i mean it it's just a wide range of things so we're not i don't know the author um we're not being paid to do this whatsoever i'm just like saying this is something that i thoroughly thought of benefit i asked uh Mr. David Dean, uh, the superintendent of Catholic schools here in uh, the Diocese of Tulsa, about it because he is very knowledgeable and he thought it was a really, really well put together book. Um, and Deacon Harrison Garlic also looked at it and thought it was really awesome. So anyway, I I just highly recommend it. If you're looking, if you're a good dad, you know, as parents, we are the primary educators of our children, as the Catechism says. Oh, nice strategies of Texas Hold'em are in here see there uh so as as parents who are uh we're the primary educators of our children even if you have children that are going to hold on let me finish this thought before you interrupt me okay, it'll take me forever to get this dadgum thought out <laughs> go ahead uh, um even if I'll you have wait. kids uh in public schools or private school wherever your kids go to school if you homeschool or whatever you still are in charge of teaching your, your children the faith teaching your children how to be uh good men and so, anyway, uh, this is a book that I thought would help those dads out there who maybe not don't know how to do certain projects that would like they would like to teach their children how to do, or they don't know enough good stories, poems. They have uh, different poems that you should uh, uh-huh. read in here. So, anyway, I found it to be very beneficial for me, and I thought, well, if if I found it beneficial, there's got to be another guy out there that would consider it beneficial to them. The Ten Commandments. Yeah, talk, I mean it's a, not a, a brief history of artillery. 
is pretty pretty awesome. So anyway, um, that's the book that I wanted to highlight today nice. because I thought nice. it also provides you with opportunities to get your kids outside, to get your kids away from the TV, to get your kids away from their, their cell phone, to go and do activities together. Even if you don't know how to do them yourself and you need some you know, creative thoughts on how to do it, yeah. uh, this, this could be a big asset to you. What yeah. are your thoughts? No, I, I really like it. There's some really, really sweet stuff in here. I liked it because it was just, there's so, it's so versatile. I mean, there's so many different things in here. Yeah. Uh, that are not all related, but they still uh, are things that as, as men we need to know about. And it would be good to learn. I so, think a lot of dads might enjoy it even more than the boys. Right. Well, honestly. I mean, I think that the book was actually written for dads to teach their their sons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, thank you for the book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got to be honest with you. It was Haley's idea. She thought, well, we should get this for as a gift. And she, I thought, you know she what? She has all You're your right. best ideas. She does have all. I mean, let's be honest. Both of our wives have yeah. all the best ideas. I know. So anyway, that's that's the, the gear today. You can go uh, on our show notes and there'll be a link to it as well. We don't get any money from the link or anything like that. It's just something that you can... So you can buy it resource. online. Yeah, you can still buy it online. Um, maybe so, maybe in a regular bookstore. That'd be awesome. People still go to those. Mm-hmm. Do they still have bookstores? Yeah, I think so. Like, what, do we yeah. have a bookstore uh, in town? Barnes and Noble. Barnes is it still open. Yeah, on seventy first. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. Do you ever? I mean, your your son's still too young, but He's but too young. but Juan, you you probably understand like the struggle sometimes of i only have so much time as a dad i'm coming home from work so you have to be very creative you have to plan ahead you you can't just wing it because otherwise you end up doing either nothing or chores or the same thing over and over again which might be fun but but it's nice to mix it up nice to have cool things if you have a plan and you share it with them a it gives them something to look forward to they would not forget yeah. that they were going to yeah. do it. And B, it's just about accountability. Like, yeah. Dad, you said you were going to do this, and now you're not doing it. Yeah, accountability mm-hmm. is big. has some of the baseball's most valuable players in it. So I like, I mean, the famous famous battles. How, oh, did I, did I say um, understanding? Gra- yeah, I did. Understanding grammar, mm-hmm. which as we've gone through Latin class, I realized, man, I haven't thought about this in 15, 20 years, uh, understanding grammar and after you, you get past the subject and, and verb and prepositional phrases and indirect objects, it's like, okay, now what? Right. It's passive indicative. Yeah. It's like, so, anyway. PC load letter. PC load letter. What, what, is, is, what the heck does that mean? What does that even mean? So, anyway, I thought that, I thought that was a, it was a good book. They ha- also, so they made it into a, a, a show. I don't know exactly. I've never watched the show. I don't know if it's good or not. You go look it up for yourself if you're interested in it. Tyler McKee is saying they make one for girls too. Uh, that's the other thing I, I was going to say is they make one for girls. It's like daring, uh, the daring book for girls. I think is what it's called, something like that. And then they also have another one, uh, like a part two of this book. I I kind of looked through it just online, and I wasn't as impressed as this one. It'd but be tough. I mean, you'd like. I imagine when you wrote when he wrote this book, he didn't anticipate there being a sequel, right? Right, right. So, anyway, I wanted to talk about that because this last week, you, Juan, and I sat down and had a much-needed guys' night. Yes. And we had some really interesting uh, thoughts and conversations, and so I thought we could share some of those um, for our topic tonight, which we'll piggyback Excellent. off of. You know, being a parent, parent and helping. So, magnifique. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this Benrayek. Benrayek. What do we what, what do we decide? I don't know. It's really good. It is very good. As many of you have known, since we have now been on uh, doing this for 
five years, if you've been listening for a while, you know that most of our ideas, most of our good ideas come from either our wives or one of our good friends. This episode was brought to you by Juan. Uh, Juan. Don Juan? Don Juan, yes. Juan is very, I'm so grateful for him because he's very intentional about making sure that we stick to, uh, you know, the importance of friendship, the importance of like not getting, letting, letting the show uh, overtake our friendship because just because we come and hang out every week uh, for the show doesn't mean that we're spending time together Word. Uh, in a specific sense. So Juan did a really, uh, really pushed us to, to get together for one evening to yeah. just sit down and be friends and just hang out and not talk about the radio or the show or anything else, but just like enjoy each other's presence yeah, and talk about, you know, the things that are going on in our lives and, and how we can uh, grow together, how we can, you know, become better men. And in that it's conversation, man, it's just a manly conversation, you know, absolutely cigars. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, it just, there was a lot of things that like was brought up that evening that I thought, man, this is, just a reflection of like what I need to do better. And we talked about a lot of different things about raising children. And I thought, okay, well, let's just kind of go old school Catholic man show here where we don't have any kind of notes or anything like that. It's just a, let's just... I brought notes. You did not bring any notes. You don't ever bring notes. I thought I had them. You don't have any. No. Okay. Uh, now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but but kind of go old school here and just like talk about what, you know, similar to what we what we discussed that night about the importance of... Uh, order mm-hmm. with with children. Yeah, the importance of t- uh, raising them to be well rounded children. Not just like obviously you have to focus on teaching them the faith, but but teaching them other things as well. Which is kind of like what this book does. It doesn't just focus on the Ten Commandments, and yeah. it's not like strongly Catholic. It doesn't have Catholic undertones or anything like that in it. However, uh, the more you know about reality, the more you know about uh, the world around you and and how it works, the better uh, Catholic you will be because you're living in this world from a Catholic lens. Right. And if you, I think I struggle sometimes when I'm teaching my children about the faith. I focus so much on the faith and not as much on fun. You know, I focus on like, I got to make sure that they understand the Ten Commandments. I got to make sure that they understand uh, the, all the mysteries of the rosary. I got to make sure that they memorize the books of the Bible. And, you know, all these things that I want to, I do want to teach them because it's good. It's good for them to know. Yeah. But I know that I have a problem. Excuse me. I know I have a problem sometimes with focusing too much on that to where it's going, at some point, it will become a, a strong the, turnoff. You're the daddy downer. The daddy downer? Yeah. Not a Debbie Downer, but a Daddy Downer. Well, I'm. It's not that I'm negative about. Well, it. Well, I know, but it's like Dad. All, all like if you know the kids are thinking like all Dad does. Like Dad just is drilling us all the time. Like he's not fun. Right. We don't ever do anything fun. fun. Like only thing Dad ever does is, is talk about right being know. Catholic. You know, and so I just I, I think that that's a. I know that I struggle with that sometimes of 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 um, pushing that maybe too much. And so I just, I remember when Scott Hahn came into Tulsa, he said, like, obviously you focus on the faith as a, a teaching to your children, but you have to focus on the fun as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to teach them the leisure. You teach them how to uh, celebrate and how to feast and how, uh, how to live life to its fullest. So anyway, so when we, we were discussing this, you know, one of the things that we brought up was order. Um, and you made some pretty good points on that. I'll let you. I'll let you kind of go from there. Yeah. So we were just talking about order, and this is like the perfect example of how all of our best ideas come from our wives. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had this epiphany, and I was like thinking about order, and I remember saying this, and then like being proud of myself, thinking, "Wow, that's good. It's profound." Mm-hmm. But what I said was that. We, should, we need to teach our children that there is a right way and a wrong way to use everything. So even their own toys. I think that there's a, oh, uh, so a line of thought in parenting that let the children be creative. Let them, like, oh, it's a, a truck, but, you know, maybe they're going to use it for something else. And, you know, like, some of that's okay. I'm not, I'm not against that wholesale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's also important that we 
teach and instruct our children that there is a right way to use everything and a wrong way to use everything. For instance, we don't smash our toys mm-hmm. um, because that's the wrong way. To, I mean, that's it's that's destroying your toys. We don't we're not we don't do that. Okay, um, and I said that it's so important to do that because if they think with their own toys, for example, I can use this any way I want, then at some level, they will translate that same idea onto their own body. You know, if growing up, everything I own, if all my possessions, I can use them any way I want, then I can use my body any way I want. You know, if there's no order, if there's no rules, there's no right and wrong in the way we use things, then the same thing might apply to my own body. And when I said that, that's when I was thinking, hey, that was... That was pretty good. Was I'm pretty, really contributing is, here. Uh, pretty profound. And so it was so profound. The next scribes write that down. Right. Yeah. Write that down. Yeah. I'll wait. Yes. Uh, so the next morning, I was telling Pamela, "It's like late, honey. Uh, I said something really good, and I told her, and she said, "That's what I told you three days ago." <laughs> I said, "You did?" And then she said, "Yeah, I remember. I told you how I had this epiphany about how there's order and how it related to the theology of the body." And when she said that, I, th- I thought. Oh, yeah, you did tell me that. Well, that was a really good point. <laughs> it was such a good point. So good, I decided to, to make it my own. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we, we were discussing this. We were discussing how, you know, grace build. if grace builds on nature and, like, if it's important to have our household in order in order to for them to know what, how to use certain things the right way and the wrong way, like, like you said, we use toys for a specific way. We don't use toys for for the wrong way when we play with our toys we play with them and then we put them away because that's that's how we that's the order of of how things work here in this house and that's how that's why jordan peterson is so popular right and and guys like jordan peterson because he focuses on making sure that you have your the, the small things that you can control in order right if you don't have your house in order then you come home and it's you're 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 starting at chaos, you know, if you don't quote, make your bed in the morning, those, that's something you can control. Mm-hmm. And now you have a ordered bedroom. Granted, you have everything in order outside of that, but there is definitely something to it about just the the, the things in your room. You know, you walk into some into your room for a kid, especially, and the like the t- how tidy is your room can often translate into. How tidy are like are your virtues or you know something? It just because if you're inwardly or- ordered, then the, I think that there's a desire in most people to be outwardly ordered, mm-hmm. right? So that the outward thing reflects the inward thing and vice versa. Um, and so we we really need to hold our children to a, a standard. Uh, what you know, whatever that may be, it's different for different aged children but sure it, it needs to be there so that they understand this is just part of life you know this is a and when they like, girls are the worst at a certain age but all, both my sisters i remember their room is ridiculous both but, your sisters yeah growing up my sisters the, like becca you were already like grown up by the time becca was around so i remember her room oh okay when she was like 15 yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. Just spotless. No. Oh. Oh no. It was a. It was a trashed. Oh. It was just the worst. Oh. I mean, there was like no floor, just clothes everywhere. I mean, I'm not kidding. Okay. And Sarah was the same way. I mean, she. I don't think she was as bad as Becca, honestly. <laughs> now, now they're both uh, much more ordered than both of us. I would have to see uh, Becca's room. I'm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I would need to see it. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. And then Sarah, uh, if her room is clean, it's because she married Drew, my oh. brother-in-law. Okay. I'm, I pretty, feel pretty confident in that. Pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so, I, and I also know that once the, once my children know how to use something, that uh, they do it well, right? Like once, once they know this is what this is for, yeah. then, and they know how to use it and then to go put it back, uh, there's no question, like things don't end up getting out of control. Yeah. When my, when my boys see, 
uh, sticks outside and they call them battle sticks and they're like hitting each other with them. Uh, and they know this is not really what we should be doing. And so we decide, no, let's oh, use the sticks. I that would be okay. Well, it is in some points, but then you... Well, do they have helmets on? No. Okay. Uh, helmets and eye protection. Now we've got a game. Elbow pads, knee pads. No. Right. Uh, but once they understand what the rules are, you kn- it's like uh, they're free to utilize them now that they know how to use them. Yeah. And I'll tell you that kids actually yearn for rules, especially in their play. Uh, they actually they actually want rules for their play. Uh, I mean, it's, this is a more obvious, I think, in little girls um, because they will sit there and play house. Okay, you're the mom, and you're the baby, and uh, I'm the dad, mm-hmm. and and they set up the it's like, and we're coming over. You know, it's just like what are they doing? They're establishing the rules of play right at the very beginning. Okay, it's like, and they know it right away. You can't play. Unless you have the rules. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then if you start making up rules in the middle, that's when chaos comes into play. Sometimes well. you have to. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep going on this conversation on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. So, Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. Dude, it's on my bucket it's list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Inahan. We're talking about order and kids. I have a caveat I need to make real quick. Haley texted me. Oh. Because she was going to buy that other book for the for girls. You know, we were talking about the dangerous book for boys, and she yeah. was thinking about uh, buying the, the daring book for girls. Turns out it's made uh, it's written by a different author. And she gave the thumbs down and wanted us to make sure that we said it on the episode since we kind of hinted at it may be good. Oh. It's uh, authored by a different um, person. And uh, she talks about palm reading and yoga, et cetera, in the book. Oh. So uh, don't recommend that one. I do not recommend it. Why would she do that? That's dumb. Well. What does so, that have to do with girls? I don't know. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not... Do not get the book. In case, in case you feel called to the gypsy life. Right. Yeah. So I also wanted to, so we're, we're talking about, you know, raising your, our kids, and making sure that we're well-rounded, well-rounded kids. Well-rounded not children. Fat. That's not what we're talking about. We're not about. talking about fat children. We're not talking about children. raising no. fat children. No, we're talking about well-rounded children. Like in their person. In their person. Not in their body. One of the, one of the main, uh, or one of the big factors, I think, in raising uh, well-rounded children is giving them good friends, mm. right? Because, and we've talked mm. about this on the show so uh, several times. When when one asked us to come out, or you know, and get us, us all to get together, if one and I got together, we'd have a good conversation. But bringing you in to the conversation brings in a totally new aspect to the conversation and dynamic into the con- into the conversation. In the same way, any of us, if we, you guys have this conversation, you bring me in, all of a sudden there's a different perspective, a different thought. And the mm-hmm. conversation is typically enhanced or sure. down. Well, not necessarily. Not, not, not necessarily. necessarily. Maybe. But it at least gives us an opportunity to flesh out our thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and the older that, that you we've all gotten, we've said this before on the show, but I think it's worth saying again, the older we've gotten on the sh- uh, uh, our, our kids have gotten, the more I, we've realized the importance of providing your children with good friends. Um, so many people, when... When we when we play this, you know, when we tell people like, oh yeah, we we got together on a Tuesday night and we all hung out for a few hours and talked about how to be better husbands and fathers, mm-hmm. it's almost like a foreign concept to people, right? It's like what? And I thought that was just kind of a normal, like guys do this, and there's a lot of guys who want to do it 
don't have the friends to do it, don't yeah. know uh, who to who to contact. Which is really sad. Which is really sad. But if you don't, if you don't, if you're not doing that, if you're not understanding the importance of it, like how I did whenever last week when we were all together, I'd been thinking about that night quite a bit, and it was because Juan, you know, pushed us to have it, mm-hmm. and it made me start thinking also about well, if it's if it's that important to to me, it, it ha- it's. So so important to your children as well, like to provide them with the good kid, with, mm-hmm. with good friends, so that they yeah. have good conversations, that they uh, can teach each other, and you're not worried about what they're teaching them. Yeah, because I think there actually comes a point where your kids' friends become more influential over them than you are mm-hmm. in certain ways. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the father is still has you know this uh, the authority, and at the end of the day, will his way will go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there comes a point where you might be able to make them do what you want, but you can't make them believe what you want, right? You know, and mm-hmm. so, but the, your kids' friends can. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your kids will be into whatever their friends are into. Right. You and, know? and I'm seeing that. Right. Oh, you, your the friends are into Pokemon cards. What, your kids are into Pokemon, Pokemon cards. cards. Right. They didn't know anything about Pokemon cards. You know, if if their friends said Pokemon cards are dumb, they also would what be like Pokemon cards. Those I don't even so want dumb. any of those. Yeah, those yeah. are ridiculous. Right. Yeah, and, and so you can obviously obviously see how that could help like spiritually your children or yeah. or negatively influence uh-huh. your your children. Uh, and, and I'm not even talking about even, even in the Catholic realm, so to speak, but. You know, one does things with his boys outdoors all the time. They start recognizing reality more. They start realizing that, hey, there is a creator. Look how beautiful this is. They can recognize beauty more. So as we continue growing up and my my sons are hanging out with Santi and JP2 and they're camping together and Santi comes up and says to Luke or Jude, like, look at this mountain. Look how it is, you know. Uh, and points out a characteristic of the mountain that my sons would have maybe never have uh, right. realized. Sure. Then they they can see a beauty that they would would have never have taken into account. Sure. Yeah, but obviously having Catholic friends is there's no substitute. I mean, absolutely. I mean, no, no. And yeah. I'm not advocating because otherwise. Stuff like when but, your kids are all together, and then all of a sudden it's noon, and somebody says it's noon. Like, let's play, pray the Angelus. Pray the like, uh, like. This happened yesterday on Mother's Day. Uh, it was it was over at my mom's house, and my my lady Pamela's alarm went off because it was noon, and the girls, the kids were all in the other room. But I just yelled, "It's noon!" And then I heard the Regina Chaley break out because you know it's right. during Easter. You don't actually pray the Angelus; you you, pray, you sing pray, the Regina yeah, Chaley, right? You know, and it's just great. You know, like that mm-hmm. is the culture. You know, that's. That's it's like the you, secret sauce or something, right? That's what you want. Where we're just living and breathing the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that it's not true, it's like, well, what, what is it, like, I don't know, is the sky not blue? Or, you know, it's just foundational. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's how you do it. That's how, if you want to keep your kids in the faith, it's, it starts as early as possible. It starts with you, but yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't work if it's not real. I mean, if it's not, a real thing if you're not really wanting to pray the angelus mm-hmm. and you're just making them do it right then it's oppressive right and that's a great way for them to reject reject the faith, the faith. when they get older because it's just oh yeah sure. i was oppressed with the faith they not oppressed this. i wasn't oppressed by the faith but i was oppressed with the faith right uh, you know growing up yeah what are some of the things that, so for uh girls like that you're that you are trying your best to to do that are at, that's outside of like Obviously, teaching your children the faith, but uh, focusing on things outside of that. I don't know. It's uh, I think for girls, things that you need to think about are um, uh, like romantic stuff. They're more drawn towards like knights and shining, like the whole love stories. Um, and so, you really have to think about what kind of. For instance, every Disney movie has this romantic love story. Um, and is that really the, are these really the ideas that we should be planting in little girls' brains? You know, like, this is, this is the imagination 
that we want to give them. You know, like mm-hmm. this is the way we want to form their imagination. So when they make stuff up, when they tell stories, oh, there's going to be a romantic, you know, like they don't need that. That is not guarding their innocence. Um, I'm not saying that like absolutely zero romance, you know, that's not at all what I'm saying, but it needs to be like ordered, ordered, healthy, um, age appropriate, age appropriate, sort of like the, the little house, you know, like there's a, you know, at the end of the little house series, uh, Laura Ingalls gets married to Mr. Wilder. Um, and so that, but it's not, it's not like sappy and flat drawn out you know i mean it's like they're at the right age Mm -hmm. you know it's very appropriate so i think that's one thing that gets commonly overlooked is this idea that we're planting at a too young of an age romantic notions inside of a little girl's head who doesn't need romantic notions she needs innocence and Mm -hmm. uh, not that princesses are bad i don't think princesses are bad for a little girl right but uh but she does not need the romance. You're, you're, you're d- guarding your ch- child's innocence, right? I think I think it's it's can be harmful to her imagination if these are the things she's dwelling on instead of other more innocent things. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, for 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 the boys right now, I'm really focusing on like trying to build some natural virtues uh, within the household, especially like all of a sudden my my boys as they've gotten older they've. I've caught them sometimes looking down at the ground when they're talking to somebody or uh, not like just kind of like doing this fish uh, handshake, you know, where it's just like kind of a slap and then move on. So I'm really focusing right now with them on speaking clearly, Mm -hmm. uh, looking somebody in the eye when they're talking, uh, firm handshake. And also uh, when they're playing outside, you know, we play football together like this uh, almost every night. And somebody obviously loses and gets their feelings hurt. And so I'm teaching both of them at the end of the game to uh, shake hands and say, good game. Now, what inevitably happens is the, the winner is kind of cocky about it, and the loser is like almost in tears and doesn't want to even do anything. And so I, it gives me the opportunity to we uh, win in grace. always wins. Yeah, Dad absolutely. Wins. Yeah. Uh, and then I punt the ball as far as I can and say, you run and go get it. Right. Um, <laughs> take that yeah uh, but it gives me the opportunity loser cleans up right <laughs> but it gives me the opportunity to be able to teach uh, that we win in grace and that even when we lose that that you have to be respectful to the other player and like yeah. you know and that's a hard that's a hard lesson to learn uh, it's not fun to lose obviously and so you have to learn I'm not familiar with the sensation of losing well, I've read about it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I watched a YouTube video. I've read about it. I don't. I haven't internalized it. I'm not sure what it's like. But, but it. But Joseph Pieper wrote about I, it. Joseph Pieper definitely wrote about. it. I'll tell you, it. I've seen it a lot. And yes, and, and it like, looks does not look fun. Whoever it is, I'm competing against. Yeah, but so, but it gives me the opportunity to make sure. So I don't know. There's a lot of dads out there that have older kids than than what we do. But I think that uh, it's so important to make sure that if. If you've already, if you started taking your faith seriously and older in life, and your kids are maybe a little older, or maybe they, it's harder to teach them about the faith because maybe they are more influenced by other kids or other people, and that you don't have that uh, authority, maybe because you've you've yielded it at or you're given it up, um, to start with some natural virtues, yeah, and build up uh, order within their lives, and grace builds on nature, and so and you offer prayers and sacrifices for them. And hopefully, uh, they'll be saints. Pray every day for their virtue. Yes. Specific virtues. Yes. For each child. We'll uh, continue talking just a little bit on the other side of the break. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. I said on the other side of the break, but that wasn't the case. It's a long break. It's a long, long break. It's going to be about six days. Six days, 20, and then we'll, we'll be back. 23 hours. Next week, we're uh, recording with uh, Cy Kellett. See. So that'll be fun. But okay, so no. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a good strategy? Do you think that's a good tactic on building natural, natural virtues? virtues? Yeah, building up natural virtues. Like, yeah, I think it's something you have to do. What, what? I what I like, what I really appreciate about your boys is that they're the idea of responding to an adult with, okay, is not even... We don't do that. Well, there's and, no okay. It's always yes, sir. 
Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about rules. I, like, we at our house, you know, we, like, we'll tell them, well, what do you think, the, like, we use your boys in as an example. How, you know, you have to, this is what we have to say. You always say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. We talk about it. It's like been a slower progress for us in that department. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that your boys do it. Otherwise, it'd be. I'm sure it would be worse. Well, let's talk about rules. We talked about that the other night too, and I thought we. I, I thought we hit on some good points there. Like, yeah. rules are only rules when they're enforced. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that I know that there are a lot of things happening in in my household that we all know does not fly. However, I don't enforce them as well as I should, and so they're actually not rules. They're more like guidelines. Yeah. More like guidelines. Uh, and so. Uh, at, you know, I I caught myself slipping up even on on the very thing that you were just talking about. Like I, Jude started saying okay uh, to to his mother, and I said, okay, this is not okay. Th- this is not what we're doing here. And I had to reinstill uh, this yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And what happens is you have to be consistent. You have to continue doing it all the the time. You just mm-hmm. feel like all you are doing is correcting them. You do it obviously. Uh, out of love, you don't be harsh about it, but you just constantly have to remind them to where it becomes a habit, to where they uh, don't think about it. It becomes a response. It becomes an instinct to do it that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that they'll they'll start doing it to the you, the parents first. Right. You know, they they wouldn't do it to if it was a stranger or like somebody else, not a stranger, but. They w- they'd say, be more respectful. I mean, like, kids learn to do that. But still, I'm glad, they d- I'm glad that they do it. That's like back to the example of having good friends mm-hmm. right. for your kids. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it, it's good to take a moment and step back and have a reflective, like. So what do you think about this? We were, I was talking on Mother's Day to Pamela's parents, and her mom was telling us how when she was growing up, if one of them did something wrong, they all got whooped. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like... I don't feel like that's just it's justice. Well... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can understand how... I don't either. There, there's, some, there's some parallels there, right? Because uh, we're in the communion... Uh, the, uh, You're, you are your brother's keeper. You right. Know. And, you know, we're all part of the body of Christ. And when one sins, we all suffer but she for said, it. She said that it made them hold each other accountable because it's like, no, oh, no, you're not going to do that because I'm not getting whooped for it. I think what I would, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that enough, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but I think. It's like my, one of those things like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I do see how there are some. My instincts it's would be very old school. If I played that game, my instinct would be that the the one who did the wrong would uh, suffer more than the others, even if the others had to suffer. So if uh, Luke did something wrong, he gets a severe a severe punishment. Everybody else may not get to do something that they like to do mm-hmm. because of right. that. Sort of like being on a football team, you know, like. One person gets one, penalized. One, and one person messes up. Everybody's running. And the, yeah, I mean, I see parallels. It's a little, there, but it's man, a little different I, on a team, like yeah, because I don't because know. I'd have to really think about you, that. A you little. volunteered, you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> to be on a team. It, my mom did that growing up, and actually in Latin America we have a saying that goes, "Pagan justos por pecadores," means that the rightful and the sinners pay the same price, and. If huh. one had a consequence, like oh, well now nobody gets dessert or but I just feel nobody like that's, plays. That's against yeah. justice. I, I think it depends because, on the situation. Like, you're, you're, is it you're like taking on a punishment? Time. It wasn't all the time, but, but you're, when you're it taking happened, on a you punishment it. of a crime you didn't commit. Well, I think it depends. Like, is it? A, it depends on the situation. Is it a situation where all the kids are like off by themselves playing together, and then like a window gets broken? Or something, you know what I mean? Like, or is it at the dinner table where one kid is having bad, you know, behaviors and the other kids are not? You know, like that's a situation where you're not like, like, mom, why can't I have dessert? I was ha- I was having good manners down here. Like, that's messed up. Everybody knows. And like, the Johnny's prob- the worst. I the He's problem the that worst. I could see uh, immediately arising in my household would be tattletaling. 
you know, immediately. And that's not something that I, you know, you want to instill as well. You know, it's just constant tattletaling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I can see benefits and I can definitely see things that would go wrong. I don't know. I don't know how to think of it. I don't know how to handle that. Yeah. No, I agree that it's like, there's definitely, it. definitely doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like, it, it, like, like I said, the virtue of justice to inflict a punishment upon somebody who is not due that punishment uh, right. is a violation of justice. Yeah. And is, would be a tough, I think would have, could have repercussions to your children mm-hmm. later on. And it depends on what the punishment is, but, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say there is many times when something happens and everybody else was looking at it happen. And it's like, well, could you have stopped it? Yeah, you didn't. You allowed this you to allowed happen? You allowed it to happen. Right. So, exactly. Like, but yeah, that, how, like, okay, to say that one, a sibling is not responsible for their brother's or sister's behavior, I mean, well, they are. To some extent, sure. Right? I mean, if depending on their age, and right? But I mean, so Luke's stuff. about Luke's about to be eight, right? He's about to be eight years old. But I hold Luke to a higher standard than I do my younger children, and I even sure. have talks with him by himself, where I talk to him about how because he is older, he has to set the example, and he has to make sure to be the good example to the other kids. And so, with uh, more responsibility comes more rewards as well. Mm-hmm. And so, listen. If you are you are doing your job well, then then you get to have uh, you get to re- you get to feast more, right? It's like it's the same way with listen. I sacrifice more than my children do. Uh, you know, I do more self mortification than my children do, uh, and so because of that, I can I, I understand what feasting is even even yeah. more so than what they do, uh, and the same principle I think applies there. I will tell you. That I think that a child who lives under that system, right or wrong, mm-hmm. is more likely to have the guts to stand up to somebody else at school and tell them what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to just sit back and say like, "Well, yeah, so I wasn't so, doing so it. and so was bullying people, but I wasn't doing it." So I, you know, like right. if it, a child raised under that system is more likely to stand up to the guy and say, no, you can't do that. That's not, you don't treat people, you know, because Mm -hmm. they understand I am responsible to the extent that I am capable Mm -hmm. for other people's response, for other people's behavior. You know, once again, I'm not endorsing that system. Lady Pamela just mentioned that she thinks it may have, this may have only been a thing that happened when nobody fessed up to what happened. Oh, okay. Well, that's if, a totally... If nobody fesses up, everybody's a, getting the punishment. That's a big variable. That is a big... Yeah, it's a big variable. Because now, all of a sudden, when you have a... I'm just curious of, what your thoughts were on the yeah. on the idea. My, my gut is saying... Now, that that variable changes the game because sure. other people know the truth and aren't, aren't telling the truth. But is that tattletaling, you know? like Well, when I'm asking... Right. ...is a different story than you coming up to me every 20 minutes telling me what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, by, you know, by my authority, if I'm asking you a question and you know the answer, you, you have to tell me. Yeah. It does. It just doesn't feel right though. Like is if the, if, if I know that like my brother did something and we're both sitting there and my mom or dad is asking me like, who did it? Like I shouldn't have to, he should have to say it, you know, like. Oh yeah, I mean you know. Well, and at that point, if he if he doesn't, then I think that he even gets a hard, like in my like in my mind. Listen, you did two things wrong. You did three things wrong. You did the act, the act itself. You didn't. You lied about it because you didn't tell me about it, and then you made your brother say it instead of you. Right. So now you now that's even a more a severe punishment than if you would have just fessed up to it at the beginning. If you would have fessed up to it at the beginning, you would have had like one week grounding or whatever whatever yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the arbitrary thing yeah. is but now because you didn't do that and you have now two other things that you did wrong now it's three weeks or whatever that is and it's it, it is important to, to let them know and this is something that we're dealing with at our house right now with lying you know you did something wrong now i'm just gonna let you know if you didn't if you if you don't tell me the truth and i find out otherwise oh it's worse it's it's a lot worse lying is one of the worst things you can do in my house oh yeah it, it's the it's the first thing that will get you in tr- it's disrespecting your mother 
and lying are the two things that will automatically you. There's no way of getting and out. You have to you put they have to put the hammer down at the very beginning with lying. That is like one of those things. If you let it, if you let that vice grow roots, oh, it's a quick one. It'll right? it, it could be there for the rest of that person's life. You know what I mean? Like you have to you have to snuff it out at the very 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 beginning. Mm-hmm. So here's something I do that I want to get your feedback on. When Santiago is getting nervous about what he did and he's telling me, I stop him and I tell him, you have one chance to tell me the truth. If you do so, your consequence will be less severe. Even if I know what you did, if you tell me, your consequence will be less severe than if you don't tell me, even though I already know. I'm telling you I know what you did. Mm. But you have to tell me. It has to come from your mouth. And I call that, Mercy. I say, I'm going to have mercy, and I'm, and, and I'm going to have, you're going to have a lesser punishment because I already know what you told me. Sorry, I already know what you did, but you have to tell me. That concept of mercy into discipline, what do you guys think? I think it's fine. I think it's important to make sure that they uh, know what they did wrong, right? Because before any of my kids get into trouble, whether whatever the punishment is, they have to tell me what they did wrong. So that way they know it's not something like, oh well, I didn't know why why I got in trouble, why I got this punishment. No, no, no. You understand the punishment that that you're getting because you understand the act that you did wrong. Yeah, I think that that's just a yeah. I mean, if you're letting him know, I already know, but you need to tell me. I think that there's virtue. Uh, opportunity there of of having fortitude of telling the truth even though even though you know you're going to be in trouble uh and that that there will be a a a natural consequence to that throughout his life right of being able to know when i'm in trouble when i'm in i'm inflicted with some kind of pain or, or i know that things around me aren't going well, that I still have to speak the truth. When, in job circumstances, right, I know that my, my, my team isn't doing well, but I still have to go to my boss and uh, tell them the truth. Uh, those kind of things, I think, pay dividends. But I, I think it's tough to do, right? It, it's, and it's something that is way easier if you start from the beginning. Yeah. And it's, uh, the... The longer I've become a parent, the more Everything I've realized. Everything is easier when you start. From yeah, the beginning. if you start at the beginning with ins- like and sticking, being consistent with rules and uh, and rhythms of the life, and you st- and you start at the beginning there, it's way easier to maintain. The tough part with starting at the beginning is knowing when to incorporate a certain rule. When do you, when is it that you raise your expectations one degree for the child? When they show. When they show that they can take it. Well, right, but that that's that is the hard part. It, Which is know. why it's important to be a well-rounded kid. Also, well, because you have to. I'm saying as a parent, you know. Yeah, but but you observe your kid and see what what's I happening. know that I'm saying it's just hard to do sometimes to oh, yeah. know. I'm not saying it's you easy. know when is it that you expect I, like a certain something because I think typically uh, I tend to expect higher things later than what I could, you know, um, and a lot of times kids aren't capable of doing more because it's not expected of them, you know, but if this, but that's a risk because I'm very fallible. And what if I do lay a heavier burden, like expect more, they're just really not ready for it, you know, and here I am now getting them in trouble Mm-hmm. Because I'm expecting something of them that they're not actually capable of. You know what I right. mean? Like that's Which, that's yeah. the hard part. And it's like that's why I, I love my kids. And I, the, I don't want to. The last thing I really want to do is punish them for something that they couldn't help. You know, like yeah, I don't want to do that. Well, and that's why I think uh, I'm so grateful for both you and Juan and, and all of our friends because I always bounce things off of you guys to get a different perspective. Right? I always say, hey, here's what I'm. You know, here's kind of what we're we're doing right now. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. So, Dave, I would say <clears throat> it happened to me Saturday. Early in the morning, John Paul did something, and he had a consequence. My godson? Yeah, your godson. Unbelievable. This is hard to believe, Jim. Inconceivable. Yeah. And it was a very severe consequence, 
right there and then. And throughout the rest of the day, every time he did the right thing, he pointed out, hey, by the way, I just did it right. You know, so to me, I realized that like, okay, this is an expectation that is reasonable to have because he's noticing mm-hmm. anytime he's doing it. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's saying, yep, I just did it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yes, you did it. You did a good job. You were compliant the first time, obedient, not talking back. Good job. And that's, I think that's a bar that to me was very clear. It's like, nope, this bar was not too high. Because the entire day, he realized that he could do it. Right. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Yeah. That's definitely a good example. The question is when they don't all day do that thing. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing it. That just means that they maybe they're aware. stubborn yeah. and they don't yeah. want to do it, you know? Indeed, indeed. Anyway. I'm good. Shut it down. Incubate. You could have said please. Please. Incubase, please. Some some dude named Max was really hating on us on YouTube. <laughs>